This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, sharing the hyperlocal, controversial and quirky stories of the Waikato region. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. Mike Bain is a Te Awamutu resident who was involved in a cycling accident in July 2022, through no fault of his own. It was a close brush with death. Nearly four months later, Mike's been through hospital, numerous operations, rehab, and he's still only at the beginning of his journey to recovery. He joins us on WTS to share his experience and his road safety philosophy. Well, I'm Mike Bain. I'm from Te Awamutu. And uh, before I retired, I used to be in broadcasting and a journalist. That's how I met Gary. And then when I retired from that, I went cycling, which I've always been doing. I've uh, cycled for, well, a long time. And, uh, you know, on the road and around the mountain bike scene, um, competed, uh, probably never placed anywhere, but um, just competed. It's great to be out there. So that's uh, that's my cycling history. I, I, I was actually cycling um, when I retired. I wanted to retire, and that was my thing to do when I was retiring, was to go cycling and, and take part in some events like the Lake Taupo, uh, around Lake Taupo, and um, one that I did a couple of years ago was around Mount Taranaki, and there's some unfinished business there, so I was training up for that for January, and I thought, well, now that I'm retired, I've got plenty of time to train, so. Uh, hence that's what I was doing on the morning of my accident is I'd ridden in from Te Awamutu uh, through to Hamilton and uh, you know I tried to make a 50k circuit out of it and uh, the idea was to catch the bus back because I was lazy Mm -hmm. and besides being retired I could use the gold card and it was free. So where did the accident happen in Hamilton? Um Manga Hiraki Road, um, just uh, along from that big roundabout at uh, Avalon Drive. I don't remember anything about it. In fact, I don't remember anything about the ride whatsoever, apart from, you know, being in Te Awamutu, my wife was leaving for work at the same time as I was, um, and every time she left or she was out there, I'd make uh, make her switch my cycle meter on, which was the app on my phone, so I could uh, see how far I'd been uh, and put it in my back pocket. We kissed goodbye, and that's all I remember. And then... When is the next memory you have after that? Some, sometime in August when I'd woken up in hospital and, uh, to be honest, I felt like a bus had hit me. Yeah. But um, that wasn't the case. Um, it was, uh, I'd been involved in an accident, I got told that. Um, didn't say what sort of accident it was. I imagined it was a car accident, but um, my wife Mandy eventually told me, she said, no, it's on the bike. You know, I was just a wee bit worried about that because uh, I couldn't remember the accident at all. Um, so I scribbled on the whiteboard because I couldn't talk because of the, the tracky. Um, 
and I just scribbled on the board, you know, did I kill anybody? Um, because that's what I was really concerned about was whether uh, I'd put somebody else's life in danger or not. And it turned out I wasn't. Um, apparently I put my own life in danger um, because what had happened um, is that on this piece of road, which is a four-lane highway, um, and uh, had wide a wide shoulder so you could ride safely, Apparently a woman um, who was driving a car received a phone call. This is what, what I've been told. She received a phone call and she pulled over straight away into the shoulder and it must have been just right in front of me and I apparently rode into the back of it um, and was launched uh, into the back window of the car, smashing that. So I don't know how far into the car I went. Um, but uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty beat up, pretty mm. beat up. They um, they called an ambulance. Uh, very fortunate. We had a um, policeman who was uh, from Tiawamutu attend. Strangely enough, he was on his way through to Huntley to do a job. Um, so he was the first on the scene, and he was able to bring my bike home for me, such as it was. And um, yeah, it. I, as I say, I don't remember anything, um, but they tell me that I was uh, unconscious for a start, I was conscious in the ambulance, um, they took me straight into surgery when I got there, um, because I had this big huge hematoma uh, blow up on my neck, which they uh, cut, uh, now I've got a lovely scar across my neck, and um, then they fixed up all that I needed, you know, the obvious things. I'd done quite a bit of damage to my spine, and, um, you know, of course the big thing was the brain injury as well. Um, so they checked all that out, and um, the MRI scan showed that I had bleeding in the brain, but it was um, right throughout. Um, I'm not sure what you call it, but it wasn't in any one place, so it was scattered through the brain. So um, it probably saved me from having a brain injury as such, although I do feel as though I've got um, a slight slowing down in the brain, particularly if I've got to think fast about things. Mm. Um, and your brain's but, having to work a lot harder now with your um, broken back and your yeah. different uh, different body effectively to learn how to pilot yeah yeah so you know it's um it's some days i'll sort of just get up go to get up out of the seat and i think what am i doing mm. <laughs> oh that's right you're getting up um you know sort of edge to the seat side of the seat and i think oh okay but um yeah so according to mandy what they do is they they tidy the, the, um, those obvious things up and then they uh, sedated me pretty heavily uh, for the night and then the next day um, I was in for an eight, eight hour operation um, on my back on my spine um, and you know like when you look at the look at the damage uh, that was done um, if you can think of the if your listeners know about the c-spine um, which is the bit that holds up your neck um, and has lots of other variations off it. Um, that most of that was damaged, and um, down the thoracic part, which is below your neck, halfway down your back. So uh, that's like going into your lumbar yeah, area, which is which is where your um, basically where your ribs finish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was uh, all damaged as well. It all had to be uh, screwed back up. 
So, yeah, it was quite, as I say, I did a job on myself, <laughs> uh, well and truly. I checked my cycle meter um, because it would, would have told me how fast I was going. And, you know, like I was only going 34k. Uh, apparently, uh, Mandy was being asked if it was a, an electric bike. And she said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, and I, I was disappointed when I, I saw it was only 34k because I, I usually go down that piece of road a lot faster. But, yeah. Um, but it said 34k, so I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now you, you you keep saying you've done this to yourself, but that's quite a Kiwi blokey thing to say, isn't it? To jovially, you know, frame it like that. Well, well Gary, I, I look at it and say um, it was an accident. You know, it could have happened to uh, to anybody. Um, I'm only glad that the lady who um, who was in the car was okay. Um, she'd done the right thing. Um, pity she didn't look mm. <laughs> um, but she did the right thing and she pulled over to answer her phone um, you know many a time I've driven around town and I've seen people on cell phones and they really annoy me um, but you know it was one of those things nobody was really to blame so um, no point of portioning blame as, so, I, as I've said I don't hold any animosity towards her whatsoever um, she she was given my name and uh, my details um, I would still like to talk to her mm -hmm. about what happened. Um, maybe apologise for giving her one hell of a fright, because uh, I think anybody coming through your back uh, window would give you a fright. But um, no, we've never heard from her. Mm. She's never inquired. I just, um, I just like to to piece it together because for for quite a while in the in the um, hospital, uh, you know, because you've got plenty of time to think, especially when you're in rehab, and you're thinking, how could I be so stupid to to hit a car? <laughs> You know, um, and I sort of visualised it, and then I suddenly, you know, one night I just thought, ah, oh, she must have just pulled straight in front of me, mm, um, yeah. and she probably didn't think to look for a cyclist because I was thinking, you know, I've seen high vis gear, um, I've I was lit up on the bike like Christmas. Um, how could you miss me? Mm. I think, yeah, the moral that it shows there is that people are not mindful of bikes on the road when they are in a car. Especially um, when the cell phone goes. Especially when the cell phone goes and it suddenly takes up so many of the synapses mm. in your brain that, oh, you better answer this call. Um, that's how we are as humans, isn't it? Mm. It's, um, you, you jump at something like that. The, the phone is almost a little alert that you just jump at. Yeah. Um, uh, but in this case and many other cases it would be, um, this is the result, mm. which is um, a real, real shame. Yeah. Um, so it's something for people to be to to really think about, isn't mm. it? Around Hamilton and Te Aumutu and the whole country, for that matter. Well, you know, I've found motorists in um, you know the Waikato particularly um, very good and very uh, responsive uh, to to. Uh, bike riders compared to when I lived uh, in central Otago. You know, I was forever having near misses there, especially of trucks. Um, here in the Waikato, they obviously have um, a truck safety program uh, so they can see see bikers. Um, Fonterra drivers particularly are fantastic. You know, like I was uh, riding down to um, oh, down towards Taupo, 
uh, one weekend and there's a truck I knew the truck was behind me I could hear it and I looked around and it was a Fonterra truck and I was sort of trying to wave him on and he was just shaking his head saying no I'm not going to pass you mm. not until it's really really safe mm. um, otherwise you'll get in the bow wave and everything yeah, as well yeah but there is there is a company out in Matamata that um, you know their trucks are probably the worst um, they have a tendency to really uh, speed past you and they have a tendency to, to move to the left um, mm. because they think it's fun mm. but overall generally truckies are great um, a lot of drivers uh, you get a lot of um, support from drivers particularly you know they'll wind their windows down and they'll yell at you mm. um, and I always say hey you know, thanks for your support I don't know what the F word has to do with it but <laughs> 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 um, you know they're, they're very very supportive um, and uh, one thing about uh, uh, drivers who do um, tend to be loons on the road the young guys you know they, they, they drive at speed and they'll, they'll drive to the left they'll you can see them just come into the left to try and try and uh, hit you or to, to push you off the road but it's nothing like what's happening in Christchurch at the moment you know where um, young people are um, aiming for cyclists where they're opening the, the back door of a car so they can hit the cyclist you know nothing like that here yeah one thing about um you know, there's there's an argument but on both sides between cyclist and motorist. Cyclist, some cyclists, I will say, have an attitude. They've got to they've got to forget about that attitude. Attitude. They've got to be able to share the road. Um, now, you know, like I was always taught as a cyclist um, to own the lane, and I do, um, particularly on roundabouts. I'll go out and I'll own the lane. And I see in, in Hamilton here in Victoria Street, it's got a sign there: "Cyclist, own the lane." So um, I don't know if many people actually know what that means. Uh, it means that you ride in the middle of the lane and everything's behind you. Um, so I've, I've always ridden like that. I've always been a, a confident rider, uh, but always aware of what's around me. Um, you know, like I do a lot of, a lot of kilometres, I did, um, and out on, on country roads, out on main highways, always conscious of the motorist. And, you know, like you'll know there's a car coming behind you and you'll see a car coming towards you. You know that that motorist isn't going to have room, much room to move. So you move to the left, but other cyclists won't. And as I say, they've got an attitude, they've got to get over themselves. And some motorists, well, they just see us as, uh, as somebody described us, as road lice, something that needs to be exterminated. Um, they, uh, they'll they come in behind a, a peloton of riders um, and they won't show patience. I know, it's a, I know it's a nuisance to have to slow down to about 30k, but, you know, like I have to slow down uh, when I'm in the car for... Uh, rural contractors is an example you know and you just sit behind them and wait until you can get past everybody's in a hurry today mm. um, and it's these guys that, that are in such a hurry that are putting both the bike the cyclists and themselves and the oncoming motorists at risk um, so yeah uh, as I say there's this different two sides to, to the story of cycling and safety it's a it's a change in culture yeah. on road culture in general which yeah. is needed isn't it yeah and of course now you've got the government um Am I allowed to use the name Julianne Chinter in the studio? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got people like her saying, oh, you know, everybody should be on a bicycle. Well, that's great. Um, and a lot of people have 
gone to cyclists, uh, cycles, particularly if they're my age, um, and they've gone into the um, the electric bikes. And to be honest, um, they don't know how to ride them. Um, you know, they've got this machine that they can get up to about 30k on um, and just go for a cruise. Um, but they don't know how to ride them properly. Um, they don't know where to ride on the road. They don't know how to ride on the road. Yeah, there, as I say, there's a, a lot happening um, in cycling. Um, and the other ones is uh, other one is that people will buy a bike, like a mountain bike, to go for a ride, um, but they don't understand how the gears work. And um, unfortunately, they they leave them in the in the uh, low gears or the high gears or whatever they are, and they try to struggle up a hill, mm-hmm. and they don't know about changing gears, particularly between front and back. And I think that's the onus needs to be on the bike bike shops to to teach them those sorts of things. Because mm, you know, yeah, it was really interesting. I, d- I just bought a mountain bike um, simply because I, I wanted something different. Uh, to ride, you know, like the river trails around here. I couldn't ride my uh, road bike around them um, simply because of the bridges and, you know, the netting and all that sort of thing. I'd end up with a puncture. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I got a uh, mountain bike that I could ride around these areas. So that's going to be me for the next year or so until mm-hmm. I convince my wife I, can, I, I need another bike. <laughs> so so um, getting back to your, um, to, to your injuries, mm. um, what happened to you and how long was the process that you have been through so far? Um, well, my accident was on the 7th of July and I was released from rehab in mid-September. Mm, so, so that's neurological rehab. Yeah, so it's a couple of months. Um, and and I got released from um, from the rehab place because they wanted to send me home for the weekend. And I said, no. No, I'll stay, but if I go home, I won't be coming back. Because I was feeling great, you know. Well, Mm. I was feeling good. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I was getting a little bit bored, um, to be honest, because all they wanted me to do was rest and rest and rest, and uh, I'm not that type of person. So I went home and rested and rested and rested. (laughs) Um, But at least I had uh, my own space, um, my own wife that could look after me and mm-hmm. um, now I'm getting support out of the, from community health as well so um, the uh, things I was getting in rehab I'm getting now uh, outside and it's unfortunate that it's taken so long because there's such a shortage of um, medical people Mm, and yeah. a real backlog yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, with all the lockdowns we've had. Yeah. Well, you know, even psychology help, um, you know, I got off of that and I said, yeah, I'll have it. And um, I have my first session of that on Monday um, and that's by telehealth because um, they couldn't get a psychologist in the Waikato to deal with me. So that's what, three months? Yeah. After the accident, yeah, yeah. Look, I almost died, and you know, I'm really, I'm still struggling with that. Mm. Um, the fact that, you know, I, I lived, and I wasn't supposed to. You know, I was just out at the, um, the breast for cancer run, or a cancer, uh, you know, the pink ribbon run, and um, there was a, um, a medical researcher who knows my wife. She was a marshal where I was taking photos, and she was uh, she was talking to me, and she said, "You know, every injury you had was life threatening." Mm. I said, "Really?" She said, "Yeah." 
you know, like you think about the um, the C section of the spine. Um, I think I'm not sure if it's C five, six, or seven, but basically I did look it up, and you know it's a very important one because it um, from the brain it goes through C, that C section, and it works out it, it controls your body. Um, so I could have ended up as either a paraplegic or a tetraplegic, but I'm walking. Yeah, here you, you know? are walking in yeah. here and you know um gesturing and expressing yourself as you would have before mm. so it's it's incredible what has happened now there were some people who who secretly had doubts weren't there yeah about your um well the doctors were amongst them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they um from what i understand they did call the family in um a couple of times um and jenna who's our daughter she was telling me that um, they they took me off um, support, breathing support, um, and then put me back on. And then they ex- they were explaining to her, um, it's not good. Mm. No, it's not good. Um, my wife tells me about um, the only memory I have of um, being uh, comatosed was I said I still remember this. You know, being um, somebody yelling at me. You know, uh, they're saying. What is your name? You know, mm. do you know where you are? And she said, Mandy was saying, that's when they um, set you up and your head just flopped. She said, we had three nurses holding you up and holding your head, asking those questions. And then there was a, a doctor who used to say, come on, Mike, give me, give me a sign that you're in there. You know, just wiggle, squeeze my hand or something. And there was nothing. Yeah, you were incapable of giving yeah. those signs. Um, yeah, and... Uh, you know, I, I was talking about the family coming in. My sister came out from Wellington, and um, her and her husband, and um, Mike, uh, my brother-in-law, walked out of the um, out of ICU, looked at Mandy and shook his head. And you know, the first thing he said to us, "If you need help financially for whatever, let me know." We know what he was talking about. Yeah, the presumption that uh, yeah. you were at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I probably was. Um, uh, I think I was saying to you before we came on here, um, so many nurses used to say, wow, you look great <laughs> compared to when you first come in here. And I was thinking, hell, I must have looked pretty bad. <laughs> I Because I didn't know. It wasn't until I got home that I saw Mandy's scrapbook. Um, and she kept a photo diary of every day and um, you know like you've had a look through it's quite horrific for a start mm. it gets better as you get towards the end she yeah. made she made me actually start from the end and work my way back right yeah, yeah. Mm. so yeah. That, yeah you can make that link between mm. because it must be kind of unreal to you looking back at those original photos mm. thinking that you ever were like that and that you are still here yeah yeah that's what I said Psych- psychologically I'm, I'm really struggling with it um, you know I'm still alive what am I supposed to do with that um, I've been reading in the papers a lot about cyclists who are getting hit and are dying and I'm thinking, well, why didn't I die? What, why is, what's so special about me? You know? The um, biggest frustration for Mandy when I couldn't talk was, um, she said, the in- our inability to lip read was uh, <laughs> quite obvious. And she said, you'd get quite upset because <laughs> I, under- I, did- I didn't understand what you were trying to get at. And um, 
But we were lucky, I guess, we had a, a, a ICU nurse who could lip read. Um, so that was good. She was able to fill in some of the gaps. And then, of course, um, nobody could read my writing, which was not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever has been able to read. Even I can't read it. Um, but, yeah, and a lot of, a lot of things, like I, I still ask her, today you know look can you remember such and such happening and she would say no and I'd say did I imagine that or did I was I drugged up by then and she said yeah so you know I had a lot of hallucinations gosh I remember my pastor coming in um, from our church and we had a chat and a couple of weeks later um, in fact when I got home I was thinking about that visit and I was thinking about the things I told him and I thought he must think I'm really nuts because <laughs> I told him some strange stories mm. so, <laughs> so you obviously the, the created dr- a story to fill the gaps yeah the drugs the drugs were giving me hallucinations so <laughs> <laughs> I must have been a really interesting person <laughs> so, <laughs> so what are you um what are you occupying yourself with day to day with at the moment? Well, um, physio is uh, part of the day now. Um, one of the things I've gone back to is that we were running a podcast um, from home um, as part of our Christian ministry, and we've gone back to that now. Um, and it's interesting; it's starting to grow again. Um, so we didn't lose too many listeners. I was lucky to have a friend and. Um, Snell Speech who filled in the regular spots for me um, so we kept kept it going so I've been doing that um, you know writing for that and I'm also involved with a um, a, a documentary uh, on suicide um, which will probably screen at some stage when it's finished um, but you know my role is very small on it I'm, I'm just fronting it so um, it's going to be easy, but you know I've got uh, got a wee bit of writing to do for that as well. So yeah, and generally, um, yeah, I've just got a new book, <laughs> so mm-hmm. which I'm keen to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and a bit of television, not too much TV, but you know, like I might watch it an hour a day, uh, which probably turns out to be 10 minutes because I usually sleep. <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. have to pace yourself with things like that, yeah. like watching TV? Yeah, yeah, um, it's with everything. Like Mandy will take me for a walk around the block um, and that's uh, a mission, uh, 1.2K and um, I think quite honestly, I think a one-legged man would probably get around quicker than I do. Um, it's just, you know, the pain level is still there and there are still things I can't do, but slowly getting there, mm. slowly getting there. Like the exocycle, which arrived with great fanfare, um, <laughs> you know, I'm up to 7K on that now each day. I'll chuck it in there. A lot of people were praying for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, strangely enough, I felt I felt that when I, when I came to. Um, I apparently had a visit from the hospital chaplain every day and um, I made sure he kept coming in too because I thought it was very positive to have somebody there. So what would um, you say, Mike, to other cyclists and other road users? Yeah, for the for the motorist, just remember you've got to share the road. Um, there's a lot more people, as I've mentioned earlier, cycling. Um, so I believe that uh, you know the road the roads are going to become a little bit more congested uh, with cyclists. Give them space. 
you know, um, 1.5 metres is all you've got to give them, um, and that's not much. Um, but slow down around them. Um, don't try and push them off their bikes with, a, with the wind. Um, as far as the cyclists are concerned, hey, good on you for getting out there and doing it. Same same advice for the motors. Shear the road. Um, you know, I, I know the road code says you can ride two abreast, but um, try and think of how much room you're giving the motorist. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook or find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.